de OFW was al wat voor ja. twee uur ja. Ja. de volgende worden. Dus ja. Ja. Ja, het is een beetje heel veel tijd. Ja. Ik zal het best doen. Would it be possible if you um, could put this on? Would it be too inconvenient? No, I think I'm. Could put Something like that? Do you have a pocket? No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Then uh, maybe just we just put it on the table. And we'll see how much it gets. Okay. Maybe like this. Would it be okay? Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay, good. Oh, oh, I'm. Sh Well, welcome everybody to the uh, sociology seminar. It's my pleasure to introduce uh, Eva Jaspers as our speaker today. Eva is a assistant professor at the Department of Sociology in Utrecht uh, University, um, which is a, a pretty big uh, department, I think one of the, of the stronger uh, and, and more exciting departments, um, definitely in the Netherlands, but probably also in, in, in Europe, actually, in terms of, of sociology. Um, she's, um, she's working on a, um, on a number, number of topics, but um, um, many of them have to do with, um, with attitudes, with um, and with inter um, um, intergroup contact and interethnic uh, contact. She wrote a dissertation on uh, on attitudes towards homosexuality, euthanasia, and um, what was the other one? Ethnic minorities. Uh, minorities. Yeah. Um, and in that field, she's made substantive contributions and also methodological uh, contributions and uh, publishing her work in the European Sociological Review, in uh, uh, Journal of Family Issues, Public Opinion Quarterly, um, and she's now here for, uh, for a couple of months in, in Oxford working on a, on a new project. Um, and last year she got a very competitive and prestigious uh, grant from the Netherlands Science Foundation on negative contact or conflict and, and contact um, on the topic basically that she will be talking um, uh, about uh, today. So I think it's going to be a very exciting talk. Um, you have about um, three quarters to an hour. Um, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you very much for uh, having me here. Um, um, actually, initially I planned to uh, discuss um, four papers, but then I decided that would be too much, so I uh, cut it down a bit. Um, because this is um, part of a um, sort of longer term uh, project that I'm talking about here today. So as um, Christian mentioned, I got this grant on um, negative intergroup relations and I'll be doing that for the next three or four years. Um, and these are sort of the first findings um, that I'll be presenting here. And um, as you see, it's some causes and consequences. So this is very much a work in progress, and I'm not presuming that uh, you know I have them all already here in this presentation. Um, so what will I be talking about? A little bit about um, some contact theory, intergroup contact theory, which is mainly um, a psychological theory, ethnic competition theory, which is sociologists' take on intergroup conflict. And well, there's no way of avoiding it. 
some words on uh, Putnam's ideas about heterogeneity as well. Um, and then um, my own topic, which is you know, slightly a newish topic, which is negative contact. Um, so what it is and how we measure it and things like that. Um, some causes, um, and there I will discuss the papers, so that will be, um, is heterogeneity a cause of intergroup conflict? Um, and I'll be showing some results from actually um, a network study um, I've been doing on how status influences um, negative contact. And some consequences, well actually I skipped the fourth paper, so I won't be looking at that. Um, no ethnic identification for now. Um, but we will look at how negative intergroup contact changes uh, majority <laughs> attitudes towards outgroups. Um, and I will end with some further questions that I will be working on um, the next couple of years. Okay, um, so intergroup contact theory, um, contact, actually intergroup contact is a, is a topic studied by um, many, many social psychologists and also some sociologists over the last um, decades. Uh, but mostly the focus has been on ameliorating intergroup relations and how intergroup contact contributes to that. Um, aim, basically. Um, so especially in psychology, this has been the focus. So there have been um, an incredible number of studies, um, and they've all researched sort of how contact with an outgroup member, be it an other ethnic group or um, another age group, etc., improves general attitudes towards this, this group. Um, sociologists and political scientists have also studied ethnic competition um, as an explanation for outcomes such as um, nationalism or extreme right-wing voting behavior. Okay, uh, something about social psychology. Um, well, the seminal work um, was by Alport uh, in the 50s, and um, he expected that mere exposure to outgroups, so... Um, just running into them in the streets, for instance, would actually increase prejudice. Um, so if you weren't making real contact, but just having sort of visual um, contact, this would um, uh, increase the times that stereotypes are coming to mind and thus reinforcing them. Right? So if you see an outgroup member without engaging in, in talking or something else, um, it, all it will do is sort of that stereotypes will pop up, and the more you'll have that, um, well, the, the strength, stronger they become. Um, but he thought that real contact would be the remedy. So if people were not, um, you know, only seeing other groups but actually engaging with them, um, then um, they would um, become less prejudiced and show positive, more positive attitudes toward that group as a whole. And he um, initially identified four conditions for intergroup contact to really work. So um, um, people from both groups should have equal status in this contact situation. Um, they should be cooperating on some um, task, a common task. They should have a common goal. And there should be some authority that sanctioned the contact. So that should be, um, should be either encouraged by, for instance, um, schools, or there should be a sort of a general societal norm that intergroup contact is good. Um, well, what have they found? 
Um, contact does improve intergroup relations and it does lessen prejudice even when none of the specified conditions are met. Right, so there is, um, um, it's better if these conditions are bad, met, so then, then it'll work more. Um, but even if none of them are met, still contact improves outgroup attitudes. And actually, um, it's been found that mere exposure does not have to increase uh, prejudice, uh, but can also lessen it. And this is sort of the idea of familiarity. So the more familiar you are with something, the more you like it. So if you watch outgroups enough, you'll end up liking it. Um, but this is not always the case. So in, under certain conditions of threat, this isn't working. Right? So if, if the outgroup is perceived as, as a threat, um, it's not going to improve um, intergroup relations just by looking at them. And recently there have been some new additions to intergroup contact. Um, so there's extended contact. So if your friends have friends of an ethnic outgroup, your attitudes toward that group will be improved as well. Right? So you don't have to have them yourselves. If your friends do, um, and the idea is that it is, um, this works via norms. Right? So if you are in an environment where having intergroup contact is viewed positively, you will then start to view um, outgroups more positively. And even imagined contact seems to be working in um, these experiments that social psychologists are doing. So oh, just imagining you had an outgroup friend um, improves your attitudes towards that outgroup. Well, um, so how does it work, intergroup contact? Um, so there should be category salience. That is the first sort of um, prerequisite. Um, so you should be aware um, um, and quite consciously that this person belongs to a different group than you do. Um, and this should especially be the case with atypical outgroup members. So you'll have stereotypes about outgroup members and if they behave in an atypical way um, it is less likely that, that, that you will categorize them as belonging to that specific outgroup. Right? So um, and there must be some, um, some reason why um, the, the, the fact that someone belongs to a different group than yourself becomes salient. Um, and I'm, you know, my work is mostly on um, ethnic groups, but this also holds for um, sexual orientation groups or age groups, etc. Um, and what good quality intergroup contact does is it lessens intergroup anxiety. So one of the ideas is that you are always sort of anxious when you're meeting um, an outgroup member because you're not really sure how to behave or what the other one might be <coughs> expecting from you. Um, and having good quality contact reduces this anxiety. Um, and it increases empathy with um, the outgroup, especially with less privileged groups. Um, and then there are a number of uh, ways that sociologists talk about how this then improves not only your attitudes towards this one outgroup member that you encounter, but to um, the outgroup as a whole. Um, and it is either um, by um, no longer uh, seeing categories or by developing sort of a common in-group identity, we're all humans or something like that, um, by accepting uh, a dual identity, um, or 
um, via um, and crossing uh, the links between intrapersonal and intergroup um, um, relations. And this is um, 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 a figure I uh, took from another um, article, and just to show you that there are um, um, certain situations where intergroup contact would actually lead to um, um, better um, outgroup relations. And as you can see, for instance, um, here, a Serb soldier talking to a Bosnian Muslim might actually be a, 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 a situation where um, the category that the other belongs to is very salient. But because the interpersonal, um, uh, interpersonal salience is very low, right? there's no shared um, objective there, um, this won't be working. Good. Uh, something about the sociological approach to intergroup contact. Um, and that's been ethnic competition theory. That's basically a, an integration of two older uh, theories. One, um, social, social, psychological theory again, social identity theory, uh, combined with realistic conflict theory. And the central proposition actually is, is that competition, both at a contextual level uh, and at an individual level, via the perception of that competition, so the competition should be perceived as well, reinforces processes of social identification, which then lead to in-group favoritism and out-group rejection. Um, and what it does, actually, social identity theory is a way of describing how we all have a need for um, a positive self-image and also positive self-group image. So we we tend to like the groups that we belong to because that's good for our self-esteem. Um, and one way of um, you know, getting there is liking groups that you don't belong to less. Yeah, so you, you compare your own group favorably compared to um, out-groups. Um, and um, sociologists argue that, well, this process is reinforced by um, society actual competition. Right? There is real conflict in societies about scarce resources, such as jobs or housing or, or even status, or um, who has the sort of the, uh, the normative upper hand. Um, and when competition is stronger, this categorization increases. Um, and they have studied it um, quite a lot, and what they find is that especially increases in the population of minorities in areas, be it neighborhoods or cities or countries, um, or worsening economic conditions actually are linked to nationalism, prejudice, extreme right-wing voting, etc. Um, however, a longer duration of ethnic minority presence in a certain area often shows reverse effects. So if um, a large group of minorities is present in your neighborhood, over time this will actually lead to less um, prejudice or um, extreme right-wing voting. And two um, reasons for this have been uh, offered, so either selective out-migration, so that those who have negative opinions of out-groups will move out of the neighborhood, or um, that this is uh, a contact effect. 
Right? So because people are living in the same neighborhood, they will be having contact, and over time this will decrease uh, prejudice. Um, it's very hard, actually, to, to study this selective out-migration um, as a reason for this attitude change. And I think one of the nicest examples that I have encountered is where someone actually, I think it was uh, Tosma, um, where he um, checked whether this attitude change was stronger in um, sort of higher economic status neighborhoods where people have actually the, the opportunity to move on, right? Assuming that they are wealthy and, and can afford to move to another um, a neighborhood rather than in poor um, neighborhoods where people are often dependent on social housing in the Netherlands and it's harder to move out. And he did find that this was the case, right? So um, the longer duration of ethnic minority has a stronger effect in higher um, economic status neighborhoods. So this, this could be an indication of selective out-migration, but again, it could be a number of other things as well. So that um, contact could work better with higher educated or um, less um, threatened individuals. Okay, so and then a few words on Putnam. Um, his idea, ethnic diversity would cause people to hunker down, to avoid both intra- and inter-ethnic context, and to become len less trusting in others, at least at the short term. So um, he says sometimes that in the long run, diversity will have positive effects, but short term, and what short term is isn't exactly sure, but maybe 50 years or so, um, it will cause people to hunker down. Um, and there's limited evidence that this is the case. And uh, there are many, many contradictory findings dependent on the level at which diversity is measured, which controls are taken into account, which country you have, which specific dependent variable, etc. Um, and the theoretical mechanisms um, are still unspecified. Um, and at least for inter-ethnic contact, um, contradictory to contact theory. So not for intra-ethnic contact, but for inter-ethnic contact, they're contradictory. So, um, what started my um, interest in this topic? Um, well, there's just some um, issues that, that really do not seem to be resolved, on, you know, even though we have been um, studying this for decades. Um, so although we have seen a huge increase in, in integration of um, ethnic outgroups um, across the world, actually, uh, for the last 50 years, prejudice is still widespread. Ethnic minorities still face discrimination, um, and highly mixed neighborhoods do not always improve ethnic relations. In fact, sometimes they worsen over time. And the most extreme right-wing voting often takes place in neighborhoods with relatively few minorities. So, why do we keep seeing these inter-ethnic tensions in our modern Western societies? Uh, and one of the possible reasons that has um, rarely been studied is that when people mix, um, they will not only have positive contact, but there will be negative contact as well. Right? There will be um, some people from different groups that will not be getting along, that will have fights, um, whether it is about you know, your neighbor's um, apple tree hanging over, doesn't matter, but there will be <coughs> negative contact as well. What we do not know is how often 
um, this happens and where this happens, um, who is having this negative contact, um, and what happens if you have both positive and negative contact. Um, also, what the consequences of this negative contact are. Good. So how do we measure negative intra-ethnic contact? There are two common survey measures. Um, the first one is, overall, would you say you have had more positive or more negative contact with ethnic minorities? Or with uh, the majority, for instance, when um, the respondent is a, a minority member. Um, and there are a number of problems with this. So one is that um, it's hard to remember all instances of contact you've had, right? So you tend to um, remember the um, sort of the more vivid ones or the more recent ones. Um, but also, this is um, highly influenced by your attitude towards minorities. Yeah. So if you feel really strongly against the presence of ethnic minorities, it's very unlikely that you'll say you've had mostly positive contact, even if this objectively was the case. Um, and the other one is sort of, were you ever threatened by, harassed by, in a fight by someone from a specific ethnic group? Um, which um, presumably measures this specific type of negative contact, um, but only this specific type. Right? It would be very hard to come up with um, uh, a long list of all the possible ways you could have negative contact. So even if we measure this, we're not really sure um, how much of negative contact we're actually um, targeting. Um, there have been very few experimental designs, mostly because of ethical issues. So most ethical boards in countries tend to dislike um, studies where you um, uh, create negative contact with an outgroup member, for obvious reasons, right? Um, but this means it's, it's very scarce. Um, what they have um, done is um, somewhere the nonverbal uh, behavior of a con an outgroup confederate of the researchers is either very negative or very uh, positive or neutral. Um, and they did actually find that a negative nonverbal behavior um, does lead to more negative attitudes towards this outgroup. And they have tried to sort of increase the intergroup anxiety that you feel, right? This um, reluctance to um, encounter people from another group by telling you um, beforehand that the outgroup person you are about to meet really doesn't like your group. Yeah? <laughs> um, and actually, that, that works as well, right? If you then meet this person, you will have... Um, you don't actually even have to meet them, just being told that this person dislikes your group will make you dislike that group. So, um, some of my own uh, work on this topic. And I'm going to talk very briefly about um, the data that I'm using, um, just because I think it's such a cool project. Uh, and uh, Mina is involved, so she can tell you all about it if you have more questions. Um, but the data I'm using uh, come from Sales for EU, which is a, um, a cross-national um, data collection. 
And its aim is to study the structural, social and cultural integration of children and immigrants into Western European societies as a two-sided dynamic process. So, and two-sided basically means that we also take the majority group into account. Yeah, we're not just focusing on uh, minority children. Uh, we start at the time when first important decisions occur, so at the age 14, 15, um, and we would like to follow them into their late 20s. Um, that would be ideal. Um, um, but only the first three waves have been funded via the European Science Foundation, and the Netherlands secured funding for five more waves, um, and other countries applied for additional funding, but we haven't heard um, of them uh, as well. We're in the midst of um, data collection now, so the third wave will be going out soon. Um, it's a stratified sample of secondary schools by immigrant proportion, an oversampling of high-density minority schools, and we aimed at um, having 4,000 pupils per country, of which a minimum of 1,500 of immigrant descent, and the target was met and actually exceeded in all four countries. Um, so that's great. And one of the nice features is because we um, uh, go into schools, we tend to have a very high response, right? Because we're in this classroom, and it's either take part in the survey or, you know, stare at the ceiling. Um, so we have, um, in most countries, over 90% response at the individual level, which is really good. Um, we have a questionnaire, but also cognitive tests, a name generator, as well as parental and teacher questionnaires, and sociometric data. And context characteristics, school and neighborhood data will be added, and all these data will be freely available to all. Um, something about um, how we define immigrants, and I actually I copied this from my colleagues in uh, Germany, um, and it's just... Um, but to give you an idea of the number of um, respondents that we're having. Um, so this is for each of the... Actually, we don't have the UK, we only have England. So I shouldn't be talking about four countries. So there's three countries and England. Uh, <laughs> and actually Belgium... Oh no, Flanders just joined us. So we have three countries and England and Flanders. <laughs> um, so and this, please don't look at the, the total... Um, row because that's really uh, messed up. I don't know where the numbers are coming from, but this is not the total number of respondents we have. Actually, we do have close to 20,000 for these four countries. And you can see, well, um, these are the natives. So in all countries, we have um, most natives in the sample, but there's quite some uh, minorities, which is... Um, uh, great, because they, we tend to have not so many minority children in our national surveys. Um, so the sociometric questionnaire, is, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with this, basically um, you, you'll be given a name of your classmates, classmates, and they'll have numbers, and then we ask you, well, who are your best friends? Um, and who is your best best friend? Right? Out of these five you can nominate who is the, the very best one. Um, who do you not want to sit with during um, classes? Um, who do you do homework with? Who do you see after school, etc.? So, and then you have this nice matrix of um, um, ones and zeros for all possible combinations of all these um, outgroup relations. And they can be unidirectional, 
Right? So I can say, I do not want to sit next to Christian, but Christian does not have to say the same about me. Yeah? So, or they could be bidirectional. Good. Um, that was just the data. For more questions, ask Mina. <laughs> um, so, I was trying to look at the causes of negative intergroup contact. So these questions, who is having, who is having the negative contact? Um, and are there groups that have a higher incidence than you would um, expect? Um, and, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise you that it's mostly opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. So you won't be having negative contact with an outgroup member if you don't have any outgroup members around. Right? So that's easy. Um, but what we find, actually, is that those with the most positive contacts also are... Um, at risk for having, having negative contacts. And that is basically because they might actually um, seek out um, um, environments where outgroup members are present. Right? If they have a very good outgroup friend, they would um, visit them at home and, and then fight with his brother. Yeah? Um, there are certain behaviors that could increase the chances of having negative intergroup contact. And in general, people will try to avoid negative intergroup contact just because they try to avoid negative contact. You know, they, it's not really something people um, seek out. So, um, actually, those who tend to avoid outgroup members because they do not like them have less negative contact. Right? Because they avoid being in the same areas as outgroup members, Chances are smaller that um, they will bump into each other and, and then start a fight, etc. Um, there are certain subgroups that actively seek out negative intergroup contact, right? So, um, I don't know, this may be uh, football hooligans or um, some um, ethnically defined gangs that might actually be seeking this negative intergroup contact. Um, and then there is uh, Putnam who doesn't really fit in, fit in, but he says that heterogeneity actually um, decreases um, at least positive contact. He doesn't say anything about negative contact. He only talks about positive contact. Um, but as it also uh, lowers intra-ethnic ties, this is not about opportunity. Yeah? Okay, so um, what did we do? Um, what are we doing at the moment? Uh, we're just testing Putnam once more, um, but now at a low level of community, so at um, the class level, um, in all four countries, and we're using um, avoidance, so who do you not want to sit with, as a measure of this hunkering down. Yeah, and according to Putnam, being in a, in a diverse classroom should actually um, increase, um, well, that's our interpretation. Um, he says it should decrease positive contact, and we say, okay, then it should increase avoidance, right? Hunkering down is avoidance of all others. Um, so, what, um, so we've been analyzing this, and I, I won't go into detail um, on this study. I will do on the... Um, next two. Um, and the dependent variable is who do you not want to sit with? And the maximum number of nominations you can give is five, which is quite a lot. 
Um, so, on um, who are your best friends? Many pupils answer five um, of their classmates. But um, who do you not want to sit, sit with? Hardly anyone comes to five. Um, and actually what we see is that more heterogeneity leads to less avoidance. So people who are in more diverse classes nominate less, be it intra or inter-ethnic pupils, that they do not want to sit with. How, how are you measuring heterogeneity? Um, so we have uh, the composition at... Um, uh, it's basically the Herfindahl index, both at the classroom level and at the school level. Huh? Um, of course, heterogeneity does influence the number of inter versus intra-ethnic ties. Right? So, if you are in an all-white classroom, all your nominations about who you do not want to sit with will be with intra-ethnic um, pupils. Yeah, so there is a relationship between heterogeneity and whether um, the, the, the others you do not want to sit with are with your own or with another um, ethnic group. But um, overall, more heterogeneity means less avoidance. And this is controlled for um, the level of um, schooling. Because in the Netherlands and Germany, um, high schools are tracked. Right? So pupils are um, segregated at a, into um, sort of abilities at a quite a young age. And this means that... Um, um, since we see mostly minority children in the lower tracks, this is where they are overrepresented in um, Germany and the Netherlands. Um, and then we also looked at whether heter heterogeneity has an effect on the number of negative ties, and it doesn't. So, um, and the negative ties are um, who are you being mean to and who is being mean to you. So, right, rather than, than avoidance, this, is, this involves some active. Um, conflict. Um, we can't really do it with the positive ties, which would be quite nice because it would um, sort of, um, this is what Putnam is mostly about, because we've limited the number of best friends to five in the design, and most pupils will name five best friends.